Welcome to the Table for One podcast, a podcast for those of you who are cooking for one. You'll find interviews with people who are cooking for one, nutrition tips, cooking tricks, and other practical topics for all my single listeners, and all without the mention of dieting or restriction because, well, dieting just kind of sucks. So join me as I explore the realities, the challenges, and highlight the joys of cooking for one in this busy world. Now I'm going to introduce this week's guest. So I chatted with Meredith, who is a 27-year-old um, woman who works in the beauty industry. She works as a brand manager and also as a hairstylist. She works about 40 to 50 hours a week. And we had a really fun conversation about grocery shopping and how neither of us can just shop at one grocery store at a time, how she learned to manage her GI issues and, and, um, realized that, you know, she, she can and wants to rely on finding really ripe and flavorful food and relying on that to provide a lot of flavor because a lot of seasoning doesn't really agree with her, um, GI issues. And so she realized that finding right flavorful food is really helpful to eat deliciously without having as many stomach issues. She also, um, shared her, how, kind of how she learned to start liking cooking and experimenting in the kitchen and, and what, what kind of led to that. And as far as tips go, she talked about how she really relies on prepackaged vegetables to take to work for lunches or snacks and how she's been able to find smaller portions of those at the grocery store. Again, those are that are pre-cut and pre-packaged and that helps her not waste it and, you know, let it go bad. And she finds it helpful to build up meals with leftover ingredients and really likes sushi. She calls it a stuff it in your face, (laughs) easy meal. And now that's making me crave sushi. So let's get right into the interview. Thanks so much, Meredith, for joining me. I'm excited to chat a little bit about your experiences cooking for one. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Yeah. I'm excited. Yeah, I know. Me too. It's going to be fun. So let's start out. Why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself, like where you live, what city you live in, um, what you do for work and about how many hours you work a week? Yeah. So I live in Holiday, which is basically in Salt Lake City, Utah. And I work in Murray, which is about eight miles away. So I have a pretty good commute to work. So I have um, a lot of time to work out in the morning and actually start cooking a little bit for myself. But I work about 40 hours a week. That's just with my full-time job with Dillard's. And then I work around 12 hours in addition to that with my own business, which isn't that much, but that's in addition to everything else I do in between (laughs) my other job. (laughs) Yeah, and what? Tell us a little bit about what you do um, at Dillard's, and then also for um, the other job that you're that you have. Yeah, so at Dillard's, I'm a brand manager for Lancome, so I manage all of the retail operations of the brand and my other base. So as I was getting into it with hairstyling, I have a studio space, and so I'm there twice a month 
uh, for about 12 hours. And then the other two weeks I'm doing stuff for my own personal styling career. And so that's when I'm usually shopping for clients. I'm getting them their supplies that they need to take home their products. And for the next time they see me, they get discounts and all of that. So I feel pretty busy in addition to taking care of my nieces as well, because I currently live with them and my older sister. And that keeps me absolutely busy, but we're constantly around each other. So we're always able to share our food and our snacks. And we do a lot of entertainment with one another as well. Oh, that's so fun. So you've got work that I, I'm imagining that you enjoy because it's in a field that you, that you wanted to get into, right? Exactly. And both of those fields, I'm doing beauty industry work. So mm-hmm. I'm able to really connect with the community and with another person as well and really get to know them and build a relationship. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. And then family time too, which is with you being busy, I, I bet it's kind of nice that they're, they're, they're close by. So that's nice. Yeah. Everyone is really close by. My brother also lives down the street so we can get together on a whim if we have to. Yeah, that's so fun. I mean, I, I'm lucky too that my sister lives, um, in Salt Lake as well. And then my parents are in Washington. Well, I'm actually at their house right now recording from the basement, but, (laughs) um, they come to town a lot. So it's nice to have family around, um, when you need them and when you don't too, which is nice. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) And the funny thing about Utah, as you kind of described, you know, with you living in holiday and working in Murray, like these are all different cities. And if you're not familiar with Utah, then you might think, well, that's kind of weird. Those seem like they'd be far away. No, 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 no. You can drive like from, you know, Salt Lake to, (laughs) to like the next city down to the next city down and like, 20 minutes. <laughs> so yeah, there's so but many with cities. All of the best um, grocery shopping, it for a long time, it got really hard to go places to go get healthy, fresh food because Utah is so heavily saturated with like Kroger brands. And sometimes you would get food and it would just rot by the next day. Mm-hmm. You never knew what kind of quality it could be, but now it's evolved because I've been living in Utah for the majority of my life and I've been able to see it in the different stages. And for the longest time when I started living on my own as an adult, I realized how much time it took just to go grocery shopping because Murray was about 15 minutes away from where I lived, but the best Harmons was in Sandy. (laughs) That's that's about 20 minutes. So my days off consisted of running to the laundromat and like rushing to Harmon's to also get like the freshest produce and then going to Smith's to get like my staple foods. Yeah. Well, and that's the thing. And I, I don't, is it normal? It's normal in my family and maybe in yours too, but you don't just go to one grocery store. It's like, (laughs) get the stuff at Costco. But for me cooking for one, it's like two or three things that I pick up every once in a while and gas and then, yeah. And then go, you know, to, for me, it's sprouts cause it's nearby. I'll go there and get my produce. And then depending on like what else I need, I'll go to Winco, for example, to get kind of staple things too. And yeah, there's no one stop shopping. <laughs> <laughs> now I have a Harmon's down the street from where I live. So I'm able to start cooking almost immediately from when I get my groceries and I still have that energy and the mood to do it. 
<laughs> yeah. Well, and that's one thing we don't really talk about a whole lot is just, you know, like the work that it takes to get the food. And as we're talking, like, you know, one grocery store stop is, is not super common. And if, you know, if there's a, if there's a great store nearby you and, and Harmon's is a Utah local grocery store chain, but they have, oh, it is, it's really great. They've got fantastic, like prepared food. They've got fantastic bakery. Oh, their bakery is so good. Oh my gosh. It's delicious. <laughs> so good. <laughs> and just like really high quality. Um, it's like, I would, I would say it's like a step down from whole foods in terms of prices. So it's, it's like high quality food, but not like obscenely expensive, but it's also not like discount food. I guess, right. Too. Yeah. So and they have good quantities. I can always get prepackaged veggies for my lunches and I don't have to waste half a bag of yeah. those bell peppers that I love to get. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No shopping at Costco for those. <laughs> <laughs> or the greens you can't buy greens at Costco. <laughs> you can find some interesting stuff there. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Well, into I interviewed um, an, a dietitian who's also a chef, and a recommendation that she gave was to just go to the like the um, salad bar and get you know prepared or chopped or whatever vegetables in smaller portions too. And that again, like if you're going to a grocery store, that. Um, might be a little bit like a step up maybe well, or just focuses on fresh, um, produce, I guess I should really say is, um, that's a great option too. Cause that way you can get a little bit, it's not too expensive and you know, it's gonna, it's good quality and it's fresh. Yeah, exactly. And cooking just for one, it's really fun because you can explore with smaller quantities, but you can also build up your meal with your leftovers, which I absolutely love seeing your posts on because they give you so many more ideas to keep your leftovers or your aging fruits and veggies an idea to kind of revive themselves. <laughs> it, well, yeah. And that's the thing, especially because it, as I'm talking to people who are cooking for one and also with my own experiences. Yeah. I mean, wasting food or letting it go bad or however you look at that it's it's it can be can be a huge challenge and so to be able to find ways to not feel like you have to eat the exact same thing over and over again but also be able to like not you know waste that food it's that's one way to do it I guess is what I'm saying yes and um you spoke of sprouts and I love their sushi Wednesdays oh I didn't know that was Oh my gosh, that's delicious sushi and okay. it's pretty fresh. <laughs> when I'm at the salon, you have maybe like 15 minutes to try and find something to shove in your mouth uh -huh. that like having that roll right there, it's so easy to just satisfy that need where you can just focus on your work the rest of the day. Yeah. Well, that's a really great point. So tell me a little bit about some things that you do when you like are when work is so busy that you find yourself having to shove food in your mouth as quickly as you can. Cause that's, I mean, that's a reality for a lot of people. When I was working at the hospital with the, um, you know, the hospital employees, they didn't have any time to sit down and eat. And, you know, with your job too, I bet that's exactly what it's like. Yes. And growing up, it was pretty hard for me because I didn't understand um, why I was always feeling sick after I ate and, you know, it was always probably due to like the chocolate milk and school lunches, but also at home we had really hearty meals to feed the 
10 people in the house and we had leftovers or we would have school lunch if it was during the week and then another hearty meal in the evening. So I grew up with a lot of stomach issues and then going into my high school senior year, I got really sick and thought it was appendicitis, but it turned out to be just irritable bowel syndrome. So I'm Mm -hmm. probably more lactose intolerant. So growing up, I just thought like, oh, I'm just pretty sick. I'll just reheat this pasta and eat it because it's better than a sandwich with cheese and mayo and a lot of bread. Yeah. So things that might be irritating your, your gut. (laughs) Right. And me and the ability to actually take me further. So the energy bars I used to eat in between clients, they wouldn't really feel great because they make you really thirsty, of course. Mm-hmm. So I started making like not protein shakes, but basically smoothies with protein powder to help me feel a little bit more satisfied. And that way I'm not weighed down and lack of energy. And those are so quick to make because it's, a break room where you can just blend something together. Oh yeah. That's, I never thought of having a blender on (laughs) at work, (laughs) but that's, that's super nice. Well, and two, I think, you know, when you're working and you're on your feet all day as you are with your jobs, I mean, you have to be aware of the foods that you eat in terms of like having something that is filling enough that you can continue on, but not, um, to the point of, yeah, leading to like your, your body actually feeling sick. Cause that, I mean, we've all experienced that and, and it could be more than just the food, but sometimes it is the food and, mm-hmm. you know, then that could then affect your ability to work and to be present with your clients. And, and that's not a good place for anybody. It's not always avoidable, but to be able to do things that you can to I think my family, we're all in that, we're all in that point in life where we have to understand our our diet and our nutrition like it kind of it's more genetic for us you know our healthy lifestyle it all consists around what we can satisfy ourselves with and it's completely different from when we were growing up and I think even now I would hope that schools are understanding that it healthy habits start at a younger age and it's I I worked a little bit in schools as in like a couple of weeks or a month or something when I was doing my internship, but it was interesting because there are um, rules and regulations, which I think is important. Um, but I think the way that it's presented to is important and, and showing that, Oh, this is a different food. Have you tried this before? And something that's a little bit more positive than just, and this is my actual experience was them throwing the vegetables at the kids <laughs> because they a had to take them and B weren't taking them. And well, mm-hmm in high school being thrown, being, having vegetables thrown at you. Yeah. That's definitely something to get you to want to eat it, but that's right. another story <laughs> for another day. But yeah. And you know, those, um, we kind of skipped over it, but I think now might be a good time The it's interesting to talk to people. And I always ask this question, you know, and to get some insight from when you were growing up, like the kinds of foods that you ate, um, you know, like your f- relationship with food and family's relationship with food. Cause that has a lot of impact on how we eat now, whether it's, um, you know, like we're eating very similarly, similarly to how we ate or very differently. I'm curious about your experience with food. 
so growing up, the relationship with food, with food was more, um, let's feed all the kids as quick as we can. So we had like a lot of cereal in the mornings, a lot of mashed potatoes on Sundays or hometown buffet meals, which is so glad they shut that they shut it down. It was a pretty terrible buffet restaurant. Um, (laughs) Wait, so this was at, so, um, so you said before feeding 10 kids, there was eight kids and two adults. So there was 10 bodies in the house, 10 mouths to feed maybe twice. They always, we always hoped for leftovers because it depended on how many kids were even at home to feed because someone was at football practice or dance recital or dance practice. Mm -hmm. Sure. So when we could all sit down and eat, it was kind of a big deal and we would eat as much as we could. But on those nights where it was maybe seven of the kids or five of the kids, it was pretty like breakfast for dinner is what our stepdad liked to make. And I hated breakfast for dinner. (laughs) (laughs) So if everybody was there, it was like a full on meal. If, if just a couple of the kids were gone, it was, it was just. Find whatever you want and cook it. (laughs) (laughs) That is so different than how I grew up. (laughs) (laughs) But as we separated from that family, my mom was a lot more focused on sitting down to have a meal. So that's when, she started to get a little bit more adventurous with her cooking and that kind of inspired me to get adventurous with my cooking. And, um, we would visit our aunt in California and she would always make this great clam linguine. And so trying to make that when you went back to Utah as a 14 year old or a 13 year old, it was pretty fun. So cooking was never shameful in the family after we left the, (laughs) <laughs> the previous family of five, uh-huh. um, we were able to really experience how we could eat together and snack in between. I learned that eating earlier in the day before your lunch could actually give you more energy. So when I would go to like softball practice or dance recitals or violin practice, I wouldn't hate it. I wouldn't be waiting for it to be over or thinking about my next meal because my family didn't ever shame us wanting to snack or wanting to eat. They were pretty open with our eating habits. Well, so you, you were able to fuel yourself for those activities, it sounds like. And so (laughs) you were able to, you know, have energy to participate and not be preoccupied with food because you were so hungry. Is that kind of what it was like? Teen year old as my own decision, someone else isn't paying for my cheesecake at the home down buffet. I could choose like a fruit tart and have a lot more fun eating it because I'm not wanting to stop halfway. Yeah, and you, because you said before, like, um, issues with dairy and your digestion, then that way you're able to enjoy it without worrying, like, oh, am I going to have to go to the bathroom right away, or if I'm, am I going to have a really upset stomach? Is that kind of what you're, you're saying? Yeah, and you knew back then, especially because I think the gluten-free um, discovery has really helped shed some light on it as well, because I never knew that you could ask for gluten-free and I don't even believe most restaurant owners understood people's reactions to gluten and having to accommodate that so they could have a business that grows. Mm -hmm. Yeah. To be able to help people with, you know, with 
maybe some uh, GI issues or celiac disease, especially if you have celiac disease um, or allergies. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and kind of going back to, you talked, you know, again about living in or being in a, in a large family, you know, I bet cooking for your mom or whoever would cook, um, and, and your stepdad, you said too, it's just like survival mode for that, that many <laughs> right. people that's, um, you know, it's, it's more about the, the ease and, and as a lot of cooking is anyways, but feeding the masses as opposed to enjoying that process. Um, and it maybe you know, people did enjoy that process sometimes, but I would imagine, a lot of chaos going on, right? <laughs> a lot of, yeah, direction, grabbing whatever child you could that wasn't trying to run away from family duties of helping cook the meal or clean up. <laughs> like oh, I remember really being funny. on salad duty a lot. So making salads didn't happen for a while. I had a little bit of trauma from that. <laughs> <laughs> that's really funny. <laughs> well, and that, um, yeah, that's hard because um, it can... It can cloud, you know, certain foods and then that way you just, you don't think of it as being something that you would want to try, even though it's something that you could really like, you know, as you said, you you rely on those a lot now and, and, you know, to get over those past experiences with them. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. So (laughs) here's a great transition. Do you have a favorite food memory? Um, as you were growing up? Oh, absolutely. (laughs) It was with my um, dad's parents. Um, They would always make mashed potatoes with chicken broth and noodles, basically like chicken noodle soup, but with angel hair pasta over mashed potatoes. I have never heard of that before, but it sounds like it'd be really good. (laughs) It's so good. And we ended up calling it patoodles, like potato noodles. Oh, that's hysterical. (laughs) And we realized that you kind of get put into a comatose state of mind after all of that potato and (laughs) chicken and noodles in your stomach (laughs) that we would feel, we would just kind of lay down or rest for a good 20 minutes after eating there, (laughs) just visit and relax and enjoy each other's company because we didn't always get to see our grandparents from that side. They lived about 30 minutes south of where we were living. So it was always a healthy like memory in the terms of positivity, but I don't know if that meal is the best <laughs> to have <laughs> that often. <laughs> well, and you know, we talk about balance a lot and honestly, I think there's the need for balance in um how do I say this? Like the balance between like a nutritionally balanced meal and the balance of like really enjoyable, great memories. So whether that's patootles, is that what you call them? <laughs> it, that is what we call them. What a great name, <laughs> especially for little kids. <laughs> so whether it's patootles at grandparents' house and then just lying on the ground and chatting or, you know, going out and, and getting um, a dessert that you really like or ice cream or whatever it is, kind of all of that um, and balancing that in whatever way works best for you and, and honestly, you know, a lot of favorite food memories are those comfort type foods, not necessarily something that we would consider, not foods that I learned about in my nutrition program to be those that were like, you know, really nutrient dense. It's those that, right. um, you know, might not have been, but those are still great and important foods to include in, in eating. Um, 
So yeah, oh, that's a fun memory. I've never, <laughs> I feel like I want to try that now. <laughs> I'm sure my mom would definitely love to make that. <laughs> I could see it. <laughs> so, it's definitely an interesting way to enjoy like chicken noodle soup and potatoes. Yeah. It's so simple, but a lot of times that really simple food is really good. So Absolutely. Yeah. So let's talk a little bit about practical tips or practical like things that you've learned about cooking for one. So you talked about like sushi and how that is a really easy like grab and stuff in your face while you're working at lunch. <laughs> right. um, look, imagine that visual. Um, and what are some other things that make cooking for yourself easier? So I think shopping with smaller quantities is easier because you're not overwhelmed with how much food you do have to cook and the little time that you have to spend if you're like me and you work constantly and you have family living above you and sweet girls always coming down to talk to you. <laughs> did did your niece come down a second time? Because I feel like I heard a little something in the background. She did. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's sweet. She misses her auntie. <laughs> <laughs> she came down to hand me back my key. So. <laughs> oh, that's so nice. <laughs> but I'm heading into that. Being around children makes it easier to cook because you want to inspire them to eat healthy and to make good habits. And we always have that lovely experience where someone does shove vegetables in your face and you refuse to eat it and you can't eat it for the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. Hopefully that's not the real case. Like you can get over that fear. (laughs) (laughs) That bad memory. Yeah. Yeah, so for me, it was Brussels sprouts, and now I can't get enough of them. Me too. They're so good. They're so delicious. I love buying them in bulk, but since I've learned um, one year I was living on my own, and I it was summertime, so I had apricots, I decided to chop them up and put them in with my Brussels sprouts for a random reason, and I started eating them, and I couldn't get enough of it. (laughs) <laughs> oh, that's sounds... and then I started adding sweet potatoes, and I could really enjoy that over chicken and rice because I have to eat without a lot of seasoning, so I'm okay. not sick the next day. Combine foods to make them taste better without having to die over the seasoning is always my mission. Yeah, so I would imagine for you as well. We talked about this earlier and buying, um, you know, fresh, higher quality food for you without having the opportunity to add lots of different flavors um, to enhance or to mask the flavor of the food. Then (laughs) starting out with, you know, with more ripe or fresher food can be a really great, um, well, is a way to add flavor, I guess, is what I'm saying um, for the way of cooking that you um, that you have. Yeah. Awesome. Um, do you have any favorite cooking hacks? Oh, I love rice cookers. <laughs> oh, okay. That's great. So do you cook other things in your rice cooker or just rice? I only cook rice. Um, I don't I know love if you can cook, po- cook anything else in them. Just- yeah, I don't. I was thinking of pasta or like oatmeal, but um, for pasta, I love to cook it al dente, and I've gotten really good at mastering al dente at this point in my life. That's awesome. That's a good skill to have because it's really easy to overcook pasta. Yeah, and it's really easy to overcook gluten free pasta. Oh yeah, because it does it fall apart. 
Yeah, it falls apart. It can get mushy with the wrong type of sauce. And um, pesto from Trader Joe's is my favorite to add on to mm. everything because I can also use the little bit that's always left over for me with my pasta for like a, an avocado sandwich in the morning with a little bit of egg. And you can buy tiny pans at Target for your eggs. So you can cook one egg or scramble two eggs and it's the perfect size without having to dirty up an entire pan. Oh, that's so a great cleanup idea. Cleanup is half the time. Well, yeah, it's like one swipe of the sponge or whatever you're using, as mm-hmm. opposed to <laughs> more than that. Um, do you have so one hard thing with gluten-free products is like texture and the flavor. When I worked at the hospital, um, I always asked my gluten-free patients, you know, what their recommendations were. So for you eating gluten-free, what what are the brands that you really like? I, I honestly go with the Barilla pasta. I okay. feel like it's their al dente texture is the best for me because I've gotten things that sprouts and I find that the taste is a little too similar to whole wheat bread. And I prefer like sprouted wheat bread or multi-grain bread. Okay. So going too bland for me is where I stop wanting to cook because I'm just cooking the bland food. Yeah. Oh, that's great. So you're, I mean, you're, you're choosing that based off of the flavor, which I think is a great reason to choose food. (laughs) (laughs) Um, there's also, are you familiar and it's escaping me right now. I'm sure I'll remember it right when we're done, but there's a chickpea pasta. It's called, um, Bonza, B-A-N-Z-A. Have you tried that before? Oh, actually, I haven't even heard of chickpea pasta. You should look into that. Um, I tried it at a nutrition conference, and I was really surprised. Well, I was impressed by the flavor. It was really good. I'm pretty sure you can buy it. I'm pretty sure they have it at Harmon's, but I know they have it at Target. Um, And I don't know, maybe like Walmart or something, too. But, yeah, take a look at that. That's um, I, I really like that, and I know a lot of people who really like that, too. So... Something a little bit different. Is that like a nutty flavor then? A tiny bit, but not a whole lot, which might, especially for you needing blander food, you know, that way it has kind of a different flavor at the base. I fell in love with um, forbidden rice or that black rice. Oh, yeah. It's so good. For that nutty um, taste. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's so good. Yeah, you might like it. Try try that out. Um, Yeah. So, okay. So last question. Oh yeah. So tell me a little bit about the biggest struggles with feeding yourself. Do you have any like recurring difficulties? It's always time for me. It's trying to find the quickest way to get a meal, um, without spending a lot of time. Mm -hmm. That's a huge struggle for, well, like everybody, right? (laughs) Right. And it's like, do I cook right when I get home from work? Do I wait an hour? Because then by by the time I wait an hour after I get off, it's already 8 p.m. So I don't really feel like cooking for an hour to eat at 9 p.m. Do you Um, have... When I'm at my salon, I don't eat almost all day. Or if I do, it's a Lara bar or a nutrition bar. Mm-hmm. and something on the go. Like there's a Tickles restaurant that I love to go to. It's what it's called. And it, <laughs> he makes these um, avocado and turkey heroes. So I can always eat those and oh, not feel good. guilty for having 
to go out and working? Mm -hmm. You know, this is already going long, but I think that's a really important, um, like aspect or, or of, especially of cooking for one that I think is important for us to talk about because, and I was actually just talking about this to somebody yesterday, you know, um, I ran into an, a friend that I grew up with again, I'm at my parents' house. So I'm like <laughs> life as a teenager again, but, um, I ran into a friend and I, you know, I said, Oh yeah, I, I do all these recipes for people cooking for one. And she, she said, Oh, well, and I asked her, Oh, do you cook at all? Do you tell me a little bit about what you do for food? Oh, I don't cook at all, but don't, you know, like I really, I should. And it's always, you know, it's always like, there's always that, you know, like, oh, you know, I, I should be doing this or kind of, you know, you um, put those parameters on, not parameters, but you, you just, a lot of people will respond, you know, a little bit sheepishly and it doesn't need to be that way. You know, sure, eating out can be more expensive. Sure, eating out can have, um, you know, maybe a little bit different um, nutrient intake, I guess you could say. And there's a lot of, you know, aspects that go along with that, but there's a lot to be said about having something that's super easy and you can grab it and go. And there's no shame in the takeout game. Um, <laughs> and, and it's just kind of about fitting it in, but you know, you like to cook. I like to cook. There's a lot of people who like to cook. So I'm also about sharing lots of resources to make cooking easier. Um, when you do want to do that and there really is a lot that you can do in just 15 minutes, which is good. Right. Yeah. I love assembling stuff to familiarize myself with like euros or pita wraps. And that's just like pre-cooking your meat and being able to eat it cold at your job or mm -hmm. not having to worry about, Oh my gosh, it's 30 minutes of cooking. I'm just going to pop this in the oven and be done. Yeah. Yeah. And one, I don't know if this is something that you do and we're going to have to leave it at this because this is turning into a great and long conversation. <laughs> but, um, one thing that's really helpful that I found is, is batch cooking. And that's essentially, you know, instead of making one serving of rice, like double that or, or quadruple that. So then you can have that rice for other things. Or, um, obviously for those of us cooking for one, you go and you buy, um, tortillas or you go and you buy, um, uh, like flatbread or pita or something, you've got 10 or so of, of those, um, of whatever it is. And then you have to, you know, eat it up or figure out what to do with it. And that way, um, batch cooking is a great way to be able to make a component of a meal. Um, the same thing goes with like meat as you described. And then that way you can kind of assemble and make really quick dinners without, having to start the process over again. Yeah, absolutely. So that can be a great option. Well, Meredith, thanks so much for joining me. Is there anything else that you wanted to share kind of as a, a last thought? Well, uh, yeah, actually, yeah, I have some really great <laughs> opportunities coming up with both businesses that I help run with Lancome. Oh yeah. There's, a bunch of launches coming out and it kind of ties in with empowerment. And I think this is a great way to kick it off because cooking for one, you have to empower yourself to get to the task and yeah. batch cook and prepare for that time. So we have a really fun launch coming up August 22nd at the Dillard's fashion place mall and all throughout the fall season, 
with my salon services, it's going to be 20% off. So it's at Meredith Owen Beauty on Instagram and then Lancome Dillard's for our Lancome page to get all of those specials for the new fragrance launch. Oh, that's so exciting. Is that for, um, is that at the Lancome counters at all Dillard's stores or is it just the one at Fashion Place? There's going to be a special launch party at my location at Fashion Place Mall, but Mm -hmm. it's actually a worldwide launch with Lancome. So it'll be online at Lancome's website and it will also be like at any department store that carries Lancome. Awesome. Yeah. So if you're not in Utah, then that's something that you can take a look at if you'd like. And then again, so it's Meredith Owen Beauty is your Instagram handle. It is. Awesome. And I will include that in the show notes so you can see it written down because it's nice to see that (laughs) written sometimes. (laughs) All right. Well, thanks so much for chatting with me, Meredith. Thanks so much. Yeah, absolutely. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. Thanks so much for listening to the Table for One podcast with Rebecca. If you're cooking for one or know somebody who is, make sure to subscribe to the Table for One podcast on your favorite podcast app. That way you can stay up to date on new episodes that will help you make cooking for one easier and more enjoyable. Feel free to continue the conversation over at in the Table for One Facebook group. You can also find recipes or work with Rebecca over at nourishnutritionblog.com Or honestly, the easiest way is to follow me on Instagram. My handle is nourishnutrico, and you can click on the link of my profile to get more great resources for cooking for one. Talk to you next week.